0: Thank you for joining us today on Body Ecology Living with me, Donna Gates. Our show today should be a game changer in your life. If you're not already making bone broths after today's show with our special guest, Sally Fallon Morrell, I am sure you will, especially if you want to feel stronger with better bones and more muscle tone, if you want to live longer and look healthy and you want to have beautiful hair, skin, and nails, if you want to build and maintain collagen, that substance that keeps our faces firm and keeps us younger looking, well, Sally Fallon Morell is a legend in the world of real food. I've known Sally for years, and I have watched her brilliantly and strategically bring back real foods into our diets, not just because they taste good, but because there's a lot of science to support why we must be eating them, especially now. It's my honest, sincere opinion that Sally deserves a Nobel Prize for her work over decades now to bring back the nourishing traditional foods of our ancestors, including bone broth, soaked grains, lacto-fermented foods, and grass-fed meat, pastured eggs, grass-fed butter and dairy products, and I really want to stress that last part again, grass-fed animals. If you don't own a copy of her first book, Nourishing Traditions, you've got to buy one and keep it on your shelf. It's a classic. In 1999, Sally founded the influential Weston A. Price Foundation. Then she started a quarterly journal called Wise Traditions. She started the Campaign for Real Milk, where she and many others advocate for nationwide availability for clean, whole, raw milk from pastured cows. That's been a huge struggle, and her team of chapter leaders have accomplished a true miracle, helping farmers go back to traditional dairy farming practices. You may not know this, but the dairy industry is extremely powerful, and that's the story of David and uh, the giant here, because a tiny little group of people against this gigantic dairy industry, it is just amazing what they've done. So Sally wrote other books besides the one we're going to talk about today, Eat Fat, Lose Fat, uh, the Nourishing Traditions book for baby and child care. She co-authored that with Dr. Thomas Cohen. She's an acclaimed speaker worldwide. She holds a yearly conference where many people go to learn about everything you need to know about traditional foods and farming. And... um, I mean, I could just go on and on and on. I'm sure most of you know who Sally is, but today we're going to be talking about bone broths and her very newest book. She co-authored that with Dr. Kayla Daniel, and it's called Nourishing Broth, An Old-Fashioned Remedy for the Modern World. Do we need this book? So welcome, (laughs) Sally.
1: Thank you, Donna. That, That was a lovely introduction. I appreciate that.
0: Well, you know, when I got the book, and uh, was so excited to be able to write an endorsement. I I was shocked. I thought, wow, a whole entire book on bone broth? I mean, how's that possible? Because, you know, I knew some lots, I knew some things. I mean, I, bone broth is really important, but when you, I opened it up, and first of all, the, the preface where you start talking about MSG, you know, um, the bouillon cubes that people have been using really since the 1900s. I didn't know that. I I know for years I've avoided them. Every time I pick one up, it has hydrolyzed yeast uh, proteins and weird, really weird ingredients in it, yeast extract. And I just put them back down, never buy one. But then I learned all this great information about how, you know, this is used in our food supply today. Um, so I'd like to talk about that and then go into chapter one where we talk about collagen and how special that is. So if you don't mind, could you, can we start there with the MSG story? Because that, that was amazing to me.
1: Yeah, well, and it, it did. It uh, replaced broth because it's got the taste of broth. Well, let me tell you a story that just happened to me yesterday. I was at an event where they, had, they served uh, real bone broth soup, this delicious soup made from bones. And I was sitting with a guy who said, well, I don't know if I should eat this. Normally when I eat soup in a restaurant, my head feels like it's going to explode. And I said, I don't think this will happen if you eat this uh, beautiful soup. So he tried it and he said, you know, I'd like to have this every day. This just feels so good. So that's the difference between the typical commercial soup that you find in most restaurants, which is made with a base, it's a powder containing lots of MSG that they just add water to, and a real soup made with bones. Uh, the real soup actually makes you feel good. It's actually very good for emotional stability for reasons that we can talk about, but the MSG that has replaced good old-fashioned bone broth is uh, has lots of um, harmful effects and basically, does not satisfy us. It uh, kind of tickles the taste buds, but does not give the body what it's expecting from that particular taste.
0: Well, it really contains and substances in it, and things that people react to, especially if they have, if they have yeast infections. But you yes, know, yes. I was just shocked that this that um, the MSU was actually started in there was I guess 1908. You said that the uh, Japanese man invented it, and and then. Everything changed as early as nineteen o eight so that means that our grand like the baby boomers' grandparents yes. were already using this awful stuff
1: well in some places for sure uh, I know in the u k um, that came in very early in something called oxo cubes, and um, <laughs> I know they used a lot of it because my uh, um well I know someone who um grew up in Liverpool and he said they had they used so much uh, uh, oxo cubes and they came in these metal ca- um tins square or rectangular containers he said we had so many of those containers that i was able to build a suit of armor out of out of them <laughs> so
0: <laughs>
1: so um yeah, it's uh, and then, of course, it hits here. I think the MSG really hit in about the mid-50s in the United States, and that's when the TV dinners came out. I remember when my mother brought home the first package of spaghetti seasoning, and it was this powder that you added to your spaghetti sauce, and it made it just taste fantastic. Of course, it was all the MSG in there and uh, gravy mixes and dehydrated soups and, of course, canned soups as well. It's in things like old-day seasoning. Uh, MSG is in ketchup and uh, pretty much all processed foods, usually disguised, not on the label, but usually disguised as hydrolyzed protein or uh, caseinates or something autolyzed or extracted. um, Or even
0: natural flavor.
1: Even natural flavors can have m s g in the in the mix, so uh it's pretty much in all processed foods and the The most amazing thing about m s g is the studies indicating that it causes obesity mm-hmm. and uh, the the industry will uh, flatly deny that but If you go to Medline and you put in MSD-induced obesity, you will get a lot of studies uh, because it's very difficult to get laboratory animals to be obese in order to study them. And the way they make them obese is to feed them food with a lot of MSG, and then they start to overeat.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: So, I mean, the, the science is very clear that, at least in animals, MSG induces obesity. So why would we expect it to be much different for humans?
0: Well, the other thing I learned that I didn't know about, and I thought this is really handy, is about, um, are they pronounced portable broths, where you dry beef? Can you explain that to people? I'm sure many people know nothing about that. Well, uh, in the
1: past, long before MSG, people made what was called portable broth. They boiled down the bone broth until it became this sort of rubbery, uh, rubbery thing <laughs> that they could add water to to make broth again. And one of the things that Kayla discovered was that the um, um, Lewis and Clark expedition uh, overspent their budget for portable broth. <laughs> they spent 153 dollars on portable broth to take with them on their expedition. It was used in on um, ships. In fact, I um, just found I was reading a book about Australia, and they were saying that they had portable broth on their ship coming to Australia from England. So in the past, the way they made sure that everyone had broth was to make this portable broth. You could uh, reconstitute instantly with water.
0: Well, can you can we make it today?
1: You absolutely can. Uh, today, in French, it's called fume, F-U-M-E-T, and you can boil down the broth and boil down the broth, and you get... Just a gel. You you have to be careful not to burn it, of course. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then, while well, you turn off your pan, it gels, and you can just keep it in Ziploc bags in the freezer if you want.
0: Hmm. Well, now, I didn't see a recipe for that is that in the book because there's tons of recipes. Is there uh, one for that, for making?
1: Uh, there's just an indication at the beginning of the recipe chapter. I don't mm-hmm. actually have a recipe for it. Okay. But okay. You, any broth, you can do that too.
0: Well, you know. It might be considered an important survival food. Like right now, a lot of people are concerned about putting foods away that are healthy, and this would give you the proteins that you need, which would be fantastic. That's,
1: that's exactly right. Yes,
0: yeah. Well, let's start talking, first of all, about digestive problems and the value of bone broths for that, because um, tens of millions of people are suffering from digestive problems. It just seems to get keep getting worse and worse, and babies are born with... Got uh, yeah, yeah, Crohn's and colitis. Even we see this. We see all the autistic children with that. So um, the, let's talk about the value and, and also how early can someone start having a bone broth? Okay, yes. A digestive problems. We just have an epidemic of them, and
1: I think a modern medicine is pretty helpless in front of these problems. It doesn't really know what to do. And I would say, all, I mean, there's lots you can do, but. First and foremost, you need to get uh, broth in your diet. And for something serious like that, we'd say three cups a day of good gelatin-rich broth. For reasons not entirely understood, uh, broth is extremely healing to the digestive tract. And there's we have a couple of ideas why this is. One is that just behind the cells that line the gut is a layer of collagen. And for that to be organized and... Uh, functioning properly, um, it, you can give the elements of collagen in broth and that will help your body build collagen. Uh, I think also the um, glutamine in broth, and it's different from MSG, it's the natural glutamic acid, um, has a lot to do with helping digestion. Also because broth is uh, has a lot of gelatin in it, that uh, di- attracts the digestive juices to your food and helps you digest your food more thoroughly. And there may be other reasons as well. We just, it's just it just seems to be a miracle for so many people. And how young? Well, we have put babies on it. Uh, we've given babies, let's just say the babies breastfeeding, uh, we give babies, um, you know, little eyedroppers of broth. Or you can actually make a homemade baby formula with broth and liver and some other ingredients. And that has worked extremely well for some really sensitive babies.
0: I know that bacteria that gut live in the mucosal lining, mm-hmm. and it's got to be having a really positive effect on that lining, making it healthier for the bacteria to live in. I, I know you're I going to that. I think so, milk. absolutely. Yes, yes.
1: And you know, um, pregnancy is a time when you need more glycine for building collagen for, for all sorts of things. And glycine is—that's one of the main amino acids in broth. And it's not an essential amino acid; we can make it, but in in times of great need, we may not make as uh, as much as we need. And glycine again—this may be another explanation. Glycine supports the liver and detoxification, Mm
0: -hmm. and and helps with uh, glutathione. Then the glycine Uh, glutathione together would be right, Mm -hmm. right. Well, then, can you talk more about the gelatin in broth? Because I know the gelatin is really valuable, for, and you recommend um, babies have the gelatin. Yes. Well, the gelatin
1: is really the components of collagen. So the more jelly-like your broth when you put it in the fridge, the better that broth is going to be for you. And one of the things that I learned, uh, and I want to give uh, all of the credit to Kayla for writing the... Uh, first section first part of the book um, one of the things that I learned is that we have collagen everywhere in our bodies we even have collagen in our eyes and the collagen in broth provides your body with the material it needs to keep your collagen healthy to keep it well organized and one of the things that causes aging and wrinkles and all the things we don't like even things like cellulite (laughs) is um, sort of disorganization of the collagen in our skin. So uh, all of these, there's a real good reason for us to be eating broth on a regular basis.
0: Well, you know, both of us for years have been promoting um, healthy pregnancies and cleaning the body and getting it healthy before a pregnancy even. And so I was really happy to see in that first section too about how much collagen is needed for the placenta which is what the baby, yes. you know, yes. protects the baby and nourishes the baby through the pregnancy. That's absolutely right. Um, it's just amazing.
1: And, you know, then as we get older, our, our ten, tendons and joints and the um, cartilage, cartilage is made up of collagen, um, starts to go. I mean, that's, the, that's aging, but we want to keep it healthy as long as we possibly can. And this is, again, where broth plays such an important role.
0: And then let 's talk about bones, because you know aging is there's, a, there's over seventy nine million baby boomers in the country right now yeah. aging they 're losing their muscles to, their muscle tone, their bones are becoming thinner all the time and broth, and they don 't digest well. so broth yeah. is a fantastic food for that stage of life as well. It absolutely is now, one of the things that did surprise us. We had broth
1: tested. First of all, we had it tested for lead and other toxins, and we did not find any, even when it was made with a supermarket chicken. So that's good news. Uh, But the other thing is we tested for minerals, and we did not find a lot of calcium in broth, just a, a smidgen. So the question is, well, why would broth be good for your bones then? Well, you know, a large part of our bones is collagen. Collagen is the framework that the minerals attached to, so to speak. So uh, you definitely need calcium and phosphorus and magnesium and all these things for your bones, but you also need collagen. So that explains why broth is so protective of our bones.
0: And I thought that was interesting, uh, the part about stem cells even. uh, Where where bones store the stem cells and make the stem cells. So that's an important, everybody I think by now knows that stem cells are really important for anti-aging. So again, I love the science and these, how you pull everything together. I've never seen it. I mean, I I was just amazed that it was all together in a book like that.
1: And I love what uh, Kayla did on the amino acids. There's four broth is not a complete protein, but there's four amino acids in broth that are very important. Uh, They're glycine, proline, um, uh, glutamine and um, one more it starts with A that I can't forget. I forget um, right now, but
0: uh, but uh, pardon me. Oh, alanine. It is alanine. Alanine, yeah. yes, mm-hmm. alanine.
1: Mm-hmm. And all of these have very important roles to play in the body, and it really helps your body if you get these uh, in addition to what your body is uh, making. And my favorite is glycine because uh, glycine has many roles but one of them is to regulate dopamine levels. Now our dopamine is supposed to be at a kind of midpoint. If you, if you have too much dopamine or you don't clear dopamine easily, you're kind of hyper and flighty and you can't concentrate on and focus on things. If you have too little dopamine, you're kind of flat, you might be depressed, hard to get going in the morning. And what glycine does is regulate that so your dopamine levels are where they're supposed to be. So um, our agent, in fact, uh, for the book said that she really couldn't get through her day without a cup of broth in the morning. She's a little bit um, um, hyper-enthusiastic about lots of things, and she said it really helps her to calm down and concentrate. By the same token, if you get up and you... Have a hard time get going and getting going in the morning. The broth would do that much much better than a cup of coffee. So um, we really um, found a lot of interesting things out about broth and emotional stability.
0: Do you have any good stories to tell us about um, people saying that they look so much better that their skin, hair, and nails? Uh, look better. And also, you know, the underneath our skin is the collagen on our face that keeps it from yeah. sagging. So, I, I, Exactly. I, I right under the
1: uh, epidermis is a layer of collagen. And that needs to be well organized for your skin to look smooth for you to be wrinkle free and cellulite free. Well, we had lots of testimonials in the book about improvement in appearance for sure. And um, more energy. It just, it's just the great anti-aging food, for sure.
0: So I was talking to a wo- young woman yesterday, and she's a, an anesthetician, I guess you would call her. She works for a, a plastic surgeon, uh, yes. or maybe a dermatologist, I'm not sure, but anyway. Um, she does thousands of treatments called ultherapy, and this ultherapy treatment is a, I think she said it was a, um, Like a sonogram that, so there's a wand that they put on the person's neck and face, and Mm -hmm. it goes down, the sonogram waves go down into the very bottom layer Mm -hmm. of our skin that builds collagen. Uh And then, and she does this, and I said, well, after people. So after they get the treatment in two or three months, their face looks tighter and firmer, and it's, it's a healthy thing because it's your own body. Mm-hmm. Uh, not like a body. It's keep lots of young women are doing it, so they uh, preventative because so, they don't want to do plastic surgery. So I was saying to a, well, her then, because I just been getting ready for our talk, and I said are you telling them to do bone broth because it would be a great thing to do because over the next three months to six months they're going to be building all this collagen, yeah. and this would be a fantastic, uh, you know, thing to do the two together. And she said, oh, I don't know anything about that. So I said I'd send her <laughs> something on it. <laughs> I have a couple of copies of the book. I think I might take one, to her or something. Yeah. But, um, there's yeah, so I, I think it's a must for, for beauty, and that matters to a lot of people. Uh, You know,
1: one testimony I can give you is my mother. Um, She, I mean, she always made chicken broth, and I think that's why I did it. I always made chicken broth for my uh, kids, my family, and we had soups made out of it. Uh, But when uh, she died in her 80s, and she did not have a wrinkle when she died. She always had beautiful skin.
0: Wow. And 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 you do too, by the way. Do you, <laughs> oh, you. Um, well, t- t- people would probably love to know a little bit about you personally. Like you, you were a stay-at-home mom in the beginning, and and really put a lot of attention into raising your family on these healthy foods, right? Well, I was lucky
1: enough to be able to stay home with my uh, children when they were young, and um, I loved to cook, and I just. You know, I was always cooking (laughs) every day. Um, But I got the idea to do nourishing traditions when my youngest went to school full-time, when he went to kindergarten. I had a lot more time. And so I just kind of started, and uh, it took me... uh, six years to do the first edition, another three years for the second edition. So um, just something that I plugged away at and fortunately had the time to to work on.
0: Well, it's amazing what you've done. Just truly really amazing. I mean, one single woman with one good idea. It just, when you look uh, at what you will, you have accomplished and the chapter leader's helping you, it's just extraordinary. So well, thank you yes, for that. After, after that, we founded the Weston A. Price Foundation,
1: And that's westinaprice.org. And um, for those of your listeners who are new to this, we have a local chapter system. Uh, We have over 600 local chapters worldwide, and you can find the one near you by going to our website. And one of the things these local chapters do is keep a food resource list. And what's interesting is that lots of people are making bone broth now. So you don't necessarily have to do it if you just want to buy it. And your local chapter leader will know uh, where to get it.
0: Well, plus How in to- the back of Wise Tradition, the journal, there's a lot of... I remember when there were just a few people starting oh, no. to advertise there. Now there are pages of people. Like 15 pages of ads <laughs> down there, cute little old-fashioned ads. I know, we don't, it's wonderful. We don't
1: let any of them be too big. Also, we publish a shopping guide and on, we have a section of the shopping guide called Soups and Broth and it just gets bigger every year. So there's lots of people making broth. Uh, I don't know if you saw in the New York Times, there's this restaurant in New York that's called the Brodo, El Brodo or something like that and they serve hot cups of Broth
0: flavored mm. in different ways. Yes. Oh, nice. Where so, is that located? I mean, in New York. <laughs> but, you know,
1: but you know, I'd love to see this. I'd love to see people making broth everywhere in every little town. And that's why I say we need a brothel in every town.
0: <laughs> that's great. <laughs> well, schools too. It would be so great. Yeah, I mean, it's, they're inexpensive. That's the other thing. It's really, an you get a lot for the money, the little bit of money you spend on some bones. Would you kind of explain the components? Like, people have asked me because they knew I was going to be doing this Mm -hmm. talk together um so I said what are the kind of questions you would want to ask Sally and they had questions like why do you put chicken feet in a recipe and what Mm -hmm. can you put a bunch of bones together of course there's a recipe in the book where you actually do combine different bones so can you just talk more about the components of a good broth
1: well, yes, you need bones, of course, but you need certain types of bones. You need bones that have a lot of collagen. So if you just took a leg bone and put it in there, uh, you would not get a very good gel, and that's what you're aiming for, a good gel. So, for example, if you're making beef broth, you want knuckle bones where you see that smooth cartilage at the end of the bone that will break down and provide gelatin, or you want uh, oxtail. Uh, knuckle bones are also good Um, anything like that now for chicken we recommend adding the heads and feet I know that's a very uh, um, unusual idea but it's certainly the way people all over the world make broth they always use the heads and feet because that's where a lot of gelatin is and a lot of farmers now are selling heads and feet some specialty butchers do you might be interested to know where the heads and feet from the Tysons and Purdue chicken go Mm, they where? go to China Oh yes, I think <laughs> I read that in the book They all yeah. go to China The Chinese really appreciate the benefits of bone broth But it's Taishin chicken, right? Yeah mm-hmm. So um, if you can't get heads and feet What I would recommend is getting a pig's foot and mm-hmm. Or sometimes they come in a package of split pig's feet mm-hmm. And most markets do sell these They might not be totally organic or grass-fed, but I think they would be
0: good to to add uh, so you can get that good gel in your broth. Uh, Well, Okay, so marrow. Would you explain what bone marrow is and its benefits and what it looks like and how it gets into soup? So bone marrow
1: is that stuff on the inside of the bone. It was highly prized by traditional people, and it's very, very nutritious. Now, the bone marrow will... um, and not necessarily put a lot of collagen in your broth but it does thicken things in fact one of the recipes in there is uh, um, crock pot um, or a slow cooker recipe and you put uh, marrow bones in there and the marrow thickens the broth the sauce um marrow is there for lots of the components of the fat and the marrow um, not particularly for collagen all there. Certainly, mm-hmm. is thumb and marrow also. Mm-hmm. But you want would want a variety of bones, marrow, knuckle, tail bones. Uh, on the chicken, uh, when we eat a roast chicken, uh, all the bones go in a Ziploc bag into the freezer. So you're, when you open your freezer, it looks pretty scary.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: But then, when you've got bones from about two chickens, uh, you just plop those in your slow cooker and add water, a splash of vinegar, and onion cut up and
0: Turn it on slow and cook it overnight, and you have broth the next morning. Well, why why the vinegar? What's the apple cider vinegar adding?
1: We we add a little vinegar. It can be any kind of vinegar, um, just to help bring the calcium and minerals out of the bones.
0: Mm, okay. Just a couple of tablespoons. I know most yeah, of the recipes just right. show a couple mm-hmm. of tablespoons. Mm-hmm. And then the slow cooking is important, and the number of hours is important, too. Like, why? why you just need to that much time to draw the Right. Nutrients. So um, traditionally people didn't
1: have slow cookers. They had pots, crock pots. And the rule was that you brought it to a simmer and never let it boil too hard. Um, that's the most efficient way of getting the collagen out and keeping the collagen intact. Um, now fish broth, you only need to simmer it for half an hour to an hour. The collagen um, comes out really easily in fish broth. Uh, chicken broth, I recommend going a um, minimum of four hours up to overnight. And then beef broth, you can cook quite a bit longer, 24 to 36 hours.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, in Japan, they make a traditional dish for women uh, when it's time for the baby to be She's pregnant when the baby's due. The mother, mother in law, and some of the neighbors, everybody gets mm-hmm. involved. They take a fish, a whole entire fish head, eyeball, yes. everything. Yeah. Yes. You want to tell talk, talk about that? And after yes. the baby's born, why they, they give it to the mom?
1: Well, they, uh, they usually do carp, uh, mm-hmm. which is very gelatinous, and they make this really thick carp broth or fish broth and that's considered very good for the mother and the baby. Uh it's very similar to the custom in China where they uh boil pig's feet and put it in jars this the pig's feet plus uh, this wonderful gelatinous broth and that's a a gift that's given to pregnant women and women who've just had babies. Again recognizing at least uh, intuitively that this is something that the pregnant women need and you know mm-hmm. what might be interesting to look into is does the do the components of broth support breastfeeding because well, i have heard testimonials to that effect
0: well you know it, it i mean it makes sense because labor is labor and for most women especially today cuz they they've burned out adrenals and they're not really hardy yeah. when they arrive at this moment where they're going to work to get the baby out they're yeah. exhausted and they need to re- build their uh, energy and of course I I love I lived in Japan for a while and I was fascinated by the way Japanese mothers care for their children and the fact that if a woman's pregnant and she's too busy the whole community around her scorns her sort of I mean she's looked down upon because she's supposed to be taking care of herself literally they have all these magazines that they read and the the culture gives them permission to Pampers themselves during yeah. the pregnancy, which I yeah. love, which we don't do. And then yeah, after well. the baby's born, the whole month they know afterwards. I've had Japanese women tell me this that if a woman doesn't rest and take care of herself after childbirth, then as she reaches menopause, she suffers. You know, she goes through all kinds of menopause. Symptoms so she hasn't rebuilt her body, so I think that the soup is there too because it's so nourishing. You know, eyeballs yeah. and everything. The Eyeballs yeah. they say have zinc in them, yeah, and right. uh, you know, all those but,
1: minerals go into the soup. Yes, yeah, and they don't and vitamins um, too. I think vitamins go into the soup. The thyroid components go into the yeah, soup. Yeah, it's
0: everything. And then um, the beautiful thing though, because uh, I actually got to see you know watch it being made and taste it. and all. there's nothing left. I mean, you can't see anything. It's just this lovely, uh, it's not a broth because it's got more substance to it, but there's, you can't see any eyeballs or anything (laughs) when you drink it. It's just this thick kind of uh, delicious, wonderful strengthening soup. And I wish at least, at least if people don't want to do that uh, with all all the women who are having babies, if the word would get out to do this, have this ready for them as soon as they deliver and uh, maybe even as, you know, days before they deliver so that they, you know, start having the broth.
1: Yeah. So that yeah. they
0: strengthen themselves for the pregnancy. I have watched, I have repeated as I've been working with women through their pregnancy, I've said over and over to them, and nobody ever really hears me, the most important thing you can do is come to the labor, rested. And they're busy selling real estate or whatever they're doing. Oh, yeah, right. I know. And they don't. And then they have long delayed um, you know, pregnancy. As healthy as they are and healthy as the baby are, mm-hmm. the baby is. The baby's super healthy, but the mother's long, long yeah. labor, or and then there's their first baby a lot of times, so the um, doctor will recommend a C section, so they disappointedly have one, which is bad because the. Um, you know, they give them uh, drugs. pain colors, morphine, uh, basically stops production yes. of oxytocin in milk, and so the whole thing's a mess. And, and, and it's sad for the mothers that this has happened to, because they've taken such good care of themselves through the pregnancy. But I think that this is an issue, and I, I it just dawned on me as we're talking here what a fantastic food it would be to, yeah
1: to as them, part of the, get ready. Rec-
0: yeah, to get yeah. ready and for recovery of the baby.
1: Well, we pretty much recommend broth all through the pregnancy, Mm -hmm. you know, in our healthy uh, diet. So, uh, yeah, um, it's just such a a fundamental food in traditional diets. It's found all over the world. There's few traditional cultures that don't make broth, and uh, the example I like to give is the Native Americans. Mm
0: -hmm. They Mm -hmm.
1: thought it was healthier to drink broth than water, And they Mm. made broth in pitch-lined baskets and other containers. They put the bones in and the water, and they put hot rocks in there.
0: Mm. Wow. Yeah. That was a lot of work compared to what we have to do today. (laughs) But they did it. They did it. Well, have you had any luck getting um, the message into schools or hospitals? well I, I
1: actually say that in the introduction, and mm-hmm. it is just so important that we get this back in first and foremost into hospitals. It is the number one recovery food you know when you 're recovering from surgery, uh, you don 't want to eat a lot of high protein meals they you know put a lot of strain on your digestion, the broth will ease digestion it spares protein so that the small amount of protein you 're getting it uses you use properly i mean it 's just the ideal. Recovery food, whether it's recovery from infectious illness or surgery or an accident or whatever, uh, so it it should be in the hospitals. Uh, I don't know if that day will ever arrive, but um, and in the no. convalescent homes. Uh, and you know, since it's not, we say to people, bring the broth to your loved ones who's who's recovering, who's in the hospital, who's in the nursing home. Uh, It should be in schools. Um, What better food to make children calm down and help them be good students. It should be in prisons. My goodness. Mm -hmm. The ingredients are cheap, and there's lots of free labor in prisons to make broth. And, again, you would see the behavior and comportment of the prisoners improve Mm -hmm. so much, and Mm -hmm. you'd see your medical costs go down. It
0: matters tremendously because when they get out, uh... they have a much better chance of having a healthy brain so they don't go back in
1: right and they don't have to apply for disability which is just killing the social security system Mm. so uh... yes we should be doing broth in all these institutions but you know it takes a certain consciousness uh... on the part of the officials running these things uh... and it's going to take a while till that consciousness gets there hopefully this Mm. book will will help
0: (laughs) Well, you know, um yes, because I I've I've said to my own staff a, a million times over the years the most important thing we have to offer people is information. They yeah. could they don't understand why to do something unless they see the value, the true value and it and it and it hits home. Like I have a wound. I needed this for a wound. I have gut problems. I I'm going to have a baby. I want a healthy baby, and I want to raise my children in this. They only will do this when they see the value of it. So even yes. this podcast is so – I appreciate so much your coming uh, on with us today. Oh, thank you. And giving this thank information. You. I want to tell people um, – well, everything really. The, the book is called Nourishing Broth, An Old-Fashioned Remedy for the Modern World. And I really believe, particularly when it comes to putting together a baby gift, that if they uh, – somebody – you know could put together nourishing broth the the baby book and your classic book nourishing traditions that mm-hmm. is a fantastic gift and or a subscription to wise traditions, traditions. journal yes, that would be right. a great gift too people don't right. tend to think of gifts these kind of gifts, but they're the best gifts because they've got the information. And wow. and what I've also noticed is that when parents have babies, they're so scared. All of a sudden, in their arms is this miracle that they're holding, and yes. they don't want to do anything wrong. And yeah. so, giving this to as a baby shower it would be great. And start teaching them what to do, so they're confident yeah. when the baby goes <laughs> too. So this is they're yeah. just a wonderful gifts, Sally. I can't uh-huh. thank you yeah. enough for all your work. Thank and you. Do, do well, you wanna... the
1: books the books available at online booksellers and in bookstores. We also have a nourishingbroth.com website where we offer... um some free some more free things. And we have um, the Weston A Price Foundation, westonaprice.org, And if you become a member, that's like subscribing to our journal. So
0: um, and that that's important too to let people know that the Weston A Price is a nonprofit. So yes, uh, uh, yes. subscribing, becoming a member is supporting all the work that you're doing. Can you just briefly tell people over you know I kind of do a history uh, over the years as I've watched you work with the Amish farmers and fight, the, the rights, um, you know, f- help farmers who are in trouble when they're being attacked for producing milk, that you won't come to their aid and help f- them fight their battles. Just I just want people to, who are not familiar with you, which I feel like everybody <laughs> must be, but I I asked people, and unfortunately, they aren't. And, you know, just to throw this little story in, I went to Florida this uh, summer. My sister mm-hmm. rented this beautiful house on the beach for our whole family. And I, it was a very wealthy area with very educated parents. And the whole 10 days or so I was there, I was shocked. And I came home really kind of depressed because there were tons of kids with their darling little children. And the mm-hmm. parents obviously loved them. And yet they were giving them marshmallows, Diet Cokes, lots and lots of ice creams. It was hot. And I thought that your work, my work, all of us, so many of us have been trying to get the message out about real food. And um, I've been, you know, supporting what you've been doing for years and telling everybody subscribe, subscribe to the journals. But... um what, what's happened, you know, and it came back really depressed. I told this to a lot of people, I thought mm-hmm. that we had made more progress and so we haven't. That's why this there's still a huge effort that needs to be made here. And again, it starts with information, but could you just sort of tell a little bit about the effort that you all are making yeah. through uh, the Oh, the whole nonprofit organization, you battle and well, what you have yes.
1: accomplished. <laughs> well, we just try to keep people updated on the science uh, in our journal, and we try to make it easy to understand. Uh, we have a lot of practical articles in our journal and on the website, a whole section on, um, you know, with cooking videos. We have a whole section on healthy babies. Um, we uh, founded the Farm to Consumer Legal Defense Fund to provide legal defense for the farmers who are producing our kind of food. We have gone to bat for raw milk farmers. Uh, I mean, we've just done what we can. But I-, I will say this, Donna, there's only so much you can do. You can lead a horse to water, as you know the old saying. <laughs> and we're there when people are ready. But mm-hmm. what makes a person ready for this is... Uh, uh, it's not something we can do. Very often what makes people ready to listen is an, an illness, a serious mm-hmm. illness in the family.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but uh, again, you even men, sometimes people just don't want to change, don't want to listen. So uh, we're there for people who do, and what easier way to start than getting a slow cooker and making some broth.
0: Mm -hmm. And, you know, for years we've been uh, watching the statistics, for example, on autism change. The latest statistic is that by 2020, which is just around the corner, Uh every other child being born will be on the spectrum if we don't stop it. That's the new statistic. So um, I know.
1: Yeah, our children are paying the price. Our children Mm -hmm. are paying the price for what's really what I would say is
0: a habit of ignorance. People just don't don't want to learn. They don't want to know. But I do think when you're holding – there's a new consciousness in these young parents today that they're taking better care of their children. They're great parents, and they care so much about what they eat. We may have to wait for these children to grow up who Mm were raised on these foods again to – and we have lots
1: of beautiful, healthy babies that have Mm -hmm. been raised on these foods whose parents ate the way we recommend during pregnancy – uh, these are our hope for the future, Donna, and mm. they're just beautiful babies. And uh, all the work that you've done on, you know, gut flora and how important this is—you uh, know, this is this is right in the forefront of science today. It's, mm-hmm. it's uh, you know, totally supported by the science.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I hope everybody listening to this realizes that they've got us and yeah. we're out there and we're going to keep going and they need, we need their help. I think that's the big message here. Start by being healthy and just start with something as simple as bone broth. That's what I love most about bone broth. You can say you love it because it tastes great and it makes you feel grounded and it's great yeah. for the everything. Every single part of your body is happy.
1: Yes, you feel happy, and I like to say that if you can make uh, chicken broth, that's the first step to being a great cook.
0: Yeah, and gut bacteria, as you said, it's the forefront of science. It's yeah. important for a healthy gut and for the gut bacteria. So it's a must. So I thank you so much for being with us today. Oh,
1: Donna, it's always a pleasure. And thank you. And thank you for your support of the Weston A. Price Foundation. We really do appreciate that. Well,
0: always. Anything I can do, let me know. <laughs> Thanks. Okay, Sally. thank
1: you. Bye
0: bye. Bye. Okay, everybody. Thank you very much for listening today. As I said in the beginning, uh, this was going to be a game changer. I hope you're already looking for your slow cooker and you pull it out and start at least making a simple chicken stock. Of course, buy Nourishing Broth, an old-fashioned remedy for the modern world to really get a true understanding of how precious broth is. If you're new to Body Ecology, please subscribe to Body Ecology Living with me, Donna Gates. Also, feel free to leave me a comment on our Facebook page. Tell me what you'd like to learn about next and have a great day.